Hello everyone and welcome in to the newest edition of Premier League on Tap for Game Week 21. I'll be your host tonight, Peter Espinosa, along with Zach, aka Drafting for Upside. Uh, this week, Game Week 21, we are outside of the double game weeks for once. We're going to have regular 11 on 11 in your matchups this week. But before we dive in, Zach, how are you and how did you fare this week in your leagues? Fared pretty well. Got some wins despite the uh, method that my team has employed or teams uh, in live and die by the product of Erling Holland. We shall see how he does tomorrow um, in their new matchup. But uh, so far, so good. It's looking like I'll secure all my all my wins, both leagues, cup matches and all. So uh, on to the next one. But uh, definitely some decisions to be to be had here with some underperformers that are starting to get on my nerves and you know we'll get into some of these guys soon but um, certainly a lot of prospects coming in from the transfer market doings and uh, I think some of those guys could have impacts uh, real soon some more than others and it'll be uh, interesting to see how that develops. Yeah the Holland uh, triple captainers over there in OFPL land are pretty sad after his after his first of the two games of the game week, but not a not a no OFPL here. We're we're doing fan tracks and let's get on with it. Game week twenty one. First matchup of the week is Liverpool Chelsea. Liverpool at home, favored by half a goal. Uh, Chelsea continue with the injuries. They continue with the signings. Uh, Zach, what what are we thinking about this game with Chelsea depleted? Liverpool out of form both teams really you know somebody's going to take some points off somebody here Are we going to see a draw what do you think yeah I mean it should be exciting to see uh, potentially a forward three of Nunez Salah Gakpo personally as a Liverpool fan I'm I'm excited to see that and I think we just got to roll with that uh, until some of our other main guys like Diaz come back and Pray that they can generate some sort of chemistry because so far it hasn't looked great. Um, I have, I was unfortunately not able to watch their their cup matchup against Wolves. Uh, thankfully, they won that one nothing uh, due to a Harvey Elliott screamer. But I think that one of the biggest factors with this Liverpool team is going to be how they line up in the midfield, and that's what most managers are going to be looking at uh, in this matchup. I know that it wouldn't be necessarily so impactful for who you're starting because they're like the second worst midfield in points per 90 but it will affect and kind of reverberate throughout the rest of that team and you know defensively and offensively it seems like there's just a huge disconnect between the two and their lack of offense has just resulted in immense pressure uh, being put on their defense and you know they're good but they're kind of just trying to play bend don't break and they're bending too far so uh, I think that it could combat well with Chelsea, who are a bit out of form right now, even though they're off a one nothing win against Crystal Palace. So we shall see. It's a should be a really good matchup. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Chelsea are obviously they have 10, 11, You know they've got a, a full eleven out injured that they could field that would do pretty well in the in the league. But I think the big news this week is out with Jao Felix as he. Got a hilarious red card and in with Mikhailo Mudrik. So 
I would guess based on their injuries and his and the the PR around that signing, I mean, I would guess he starts this week. And if I think the most everybody's window or uh, waiver claims have gone, so if you got him, start him, and hopefully he's that kind of mid one, you know, mid two guy. You probably spent a lot of fab, or you probably gave up a. Uh, a you know a one or two waiver wire spot. I mean, I mean, I'm curious, Zach, about your thoughts about Mudrik. Because obviously, we see the YouTube videos. He's a guy that's got nine goals and 49 appearances in the Ukrainian top division. That's not a lot of scoring. That's not a lot of counting stats to warrant the hundred million pound price tag. I mean, is he? I mean, is he a guy that you really think is going to thrive in the in the Prem? I'm cautiously skeptical uh, long term. I mean, I think I think all these players in this Chelsea team, even the flops, are just extremely talented players. Like, there's certainly a system they could all fit into and uh, be fantastic in real life. I, I don't know how that would look for fantasy purposes, but uh, it just hasn't seemed like any players that slide into this Chelsea team have been able to click right away it seems like a very long process regardless of who the manager is or the formation they use or tactics uh, it doesn't seem to be something that's just plug and play um you know we've seen probably much bigger prospects such as timo Werner, kai Havertz, who we thought couldn't fail not do so well in their first few years so um there might be kind of a you know, warming up process for Mudrik, and in that case, he would just be a complete roster clogger. But I do think at this point in the transfer window, uh, you don't have many higher percentage uh, shots to take uh, than Mudrik if you've missed out on, say, Gokpo. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say the way the way my strategy works in terms of roster management. If I've got Mudrik and he performs well in the first game or two I'm gonna try to shop him pretty immediately for something that is more of a guarantee at or near that level or that perceived level so I'll say that um there's honestly we we could talk about the potentials in this matchup especially Chelsea forever you know you've got Ziyech you've got Badia Shield who ghosted really well last week so if somehow he is not owned yet even in a streaming capacity i'd go grab him play him this week you know their clean sheet is unlikely but it'll it'll be a second game of sample size to see if he really can go swell because that's obviously really important especially for a center back but um should be a good match let's move on to the next matchup though kind of a curious one uh bournemouth at home hosting an inform nottingham forest it's a pick em evens on the odds here um zach i know you're you're feeling things about nottingham forest and their current form um how do you feel about them and then the assets that may be kind of you, you know elevating themselves to some sort of consistency status yeah i think they've benefited from a positive schedule overall uh they've certainly outperformed against some of the higher up teams uh, i know that they i believe they tied chelsea beat liverpool uh and you know now they're facing a bournemouth side that certainly is not 
firing on all cylinders. Uh, they're away from home, though, so they won't have the home crowd backing them this time. Uh, and I have to say, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical. I feel like they're a bit fake. Uh, you know, I think that some of these transfers coming in may help them, uh, namely Scarpa, but I don't think anyone's a game changer uh, on this team. Uh, it's yet to be proven for me. That's not to say that I don't think you can start them. They realistically probably have four, maybe five viable starters this week against Bournemouth, but I'm not expecting a ton. And personally, uh, the aforementioned Scarpa, I would probably bench just because he didn't get a full 60 minutes uh, in, in that game. And that's a bit concerning for me. I know he's new, but I really want to know guys are getting 70 plus in a game. It's just there's too much variation when they get less than that. Yeah, and Scarpa's an interesting character. He, I think he's, you know, he's kind of playing. He's supposed to be kind of that midfield creator, uh, but he hasn't had the big production yet. But if he's going to get that consistent start and he starts to adapt to the league, you know, you keep an eye on him. But from what I've seen on social media, you, you know how I feel about Nottingham Zach. They are, it's, it's kind of a nothing team to me. I know Morgan Gibbs White and Brendan Johnson each, you know, they both combined for the for the two goals last week, and that's good to see developing a partnership. But I am, <laughs> for me, I'm looking elsewhere outside the Nottingham team. Even I know, I mean, I last week one of my starts of the week was Serge Aurier, which actually ended up well. But being a Spurs fan, that guy takes he has the highest peaks and valleys of anybody and you feel at any moment he could get a red card in any game so i'm i'm pretty much a nottingham avoider unless they really start to pick things up and and you know brennan johnson or morgan gibbs white are you know playing with confidence and they start to put up some real numbers maybe i'll stream them here and there but that's just the way i feel about nottingham yeah i tend to share that view uh i mean if you gave me a choice between Bournemouth and Nottingham players. I'd be able to pick way more Nottingham Forest players that I'd prefer to start this week in what is a pretty positive matchup against Bournemouth. Yeah. Uh, just like I said, unfortunately, away from home. So, and you uh, and you only say this week because because James Tavernier is out still, which he yeah, starts... I mean, even with him, there's no one. There's like one guy who will highlight later on Bournemouth, or I guess I could highlight him now, Philip Billing. Um, who I think is a decent option. Um, I really like playing guys at home lately. I, I, I think it makes a definite impact on their performance, their work rate overall. Uh, and Nottingham, I believe, are more susceptible than they've given off recently. I just think that some of their opposition has looked a bit impotent regardless of what Nottingham threw at them. Uh, so I think you know he might have some chances to get forward. He scored okay recently. Um, you know Nothing magical, but uh, he's a guy who might be worth picking up uh, he might have been dropped in a few leagues. I'm not quite sure. Uh, just with some of the transfers coming in, um, like I've seen um, Owa, Owa Tara, if that's how it's pronounced. I'm not great with <laughs> French, but... Uh, yeah, I don't have any help for you there yet until yeah. I hear a pundit say his name. But if you do need help uh, you know, analyzing him, I'm sure um, DraftLight could help you out. He's actually posted a bunch about, about uh, some of these transfers coming in, so... Uh, yeah. Keep an eye on him for Twitter. He's kind of like the Fabricio of the community for these incoming transfers as it relates to fantasy. And, uh, you know, you can go ahead and watch the uh, highlight videos that I'm sure we all love to do. But uh, he gives a pretty good, concise summary uh, for all those you looking looking for that. 
Yeah, neither of these teams in the drop zone at the moment, but definitely a midseason six pointer that they're both going to, you know, feel like they've lost out if they uh, if they don't get three points from this. Um, but let's move on. Next matchup: uh, Leicester City versus Brighton. Leicester, the home team. Brighton only favored by a quarter of a goal. Over unders two and a half here. Uh, Zach Lester are thin at the moment, and they're going. They had a little bit of a run before the World Cup break, and now they seem to have, you know, dived back into the abyss they were before uh, that that good run. Obviously, missing James Madison is is big. But how do you feel about the Lester assets against a Brighton team that is? Feeling good and performing with the new Deserby ball. Yeah, you gotta love what you're seeing out there right now, and I'm honestly a bit surprised by the line at yeah. minus a quarter goal for Brighton, just because they've been so hot recently. I'm not sure there's a much hotter team uh, at this point in time, other than maybe you know Arsenal or something like that. But um, you know they're going against the Leicester City side, who just lost two nothing to Nottingham Forest. You'd think that it would be more like minus like 0.75 or so, but uh, clearly the odds makers know more than we do, so I'm going to roll with it for now. Uh, I do really like Evan Ferguson this week as like a forward two, and uh, as of time of recording, he's only 39% owned, so for the 61% of you that have never heard of him or don't play in your leagues anymore, um, definitely... Uh, <laughs> Take a gander at your waiver wire and maybe try and scoop him up uh, on the cheap because uh, he is he's definitely for real as far as you know real goes. I don't think he's a world beater as we previously discussed, but I think he does the job in uh, an above average offense, and you want players in good offensive environments. So uh, in a world where forwards are no guarantee, he is an, a fantastic option. Yeah, he looks like he's already flowing with with their kind of speedy direct football. He's 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 obviously he, you know he's playing that he's playing the nine spot. He he is a striker, but really he's dropping in. He wants the ball. He he, he wants to be part of the creation. But uh, other than him, I mean, I think you're you're starting absolutely everybody. And congratulations to the. Uh, to the owners that ended up with Matoma at this point. I've owned him in all my leagues at one point. Obviously, I I'm incredibly frustrated I missed out on him cuz now, you know, he's a it's a hold. So, that was uh that was my fault. But we will uh, you know, Brighton, I I agree. The line seems a bit light on Brighton, but we'll see. Denny Welbeck's back, so if Evan Ferguson, this is just a flash in the pan, he is available to come in with that experience. But uh, once again, start everybody from Brighton, and good luck with your Leicester assets. Well, other than the defenders, that is. I wouldn't be starting any of them. Okay. See, I, well, see, a Stupinon, but... See, that's where I differ. Yeah, because I will still start a Stupinon just because the love affair continues even through the, the mega frustration. But... I think I think he's got it. He just is is taking a little longer than I'd like. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of he's good on the left, but and he's a good balance between defense offense. I just think Lamptey 
you don't know if he's going to play the whole game. And then you got Veltman who just kind of sits back and doesn't, he almost scores like a center back because he is a center back. So uh, there's nothing really to be had aside from a stupid on in that defense. Unfortunately, it could be a good scoring defense, but that's really the place where Brighton is, is weakest. Yeah. One to, I wouldn't pick him up this week unless you're in a jam this early in the week, but Levi Caldwell is seems to be digging out a a starting spot there alongside Dunk. So keep an eye, see if he starts to kind of build on this form and create some sort of fantasy value at the moment. There's not a huge amount of fantasy production, but he could be one that, you know, you start streaming here and there when they've got a got a favorable matchup. Yeah. What what are your thoughts about the addition of Kamil Piatkowski, you know, regardless of if you've watched his tape or not, you know, it looks like Leicester are trying to address this back line. They also, I believe, added a left back today who seems to be a pretty good um, guy going forward and defensively. Um, You know, I feel like he should be able to kind of rejuvenate this back line that saw six clean sheets in eight matches. Do you think that that we maybe return to that or... Uh, do you think that that was all fake and, you know, going forward, Leicester's a team to target? Uh, so I don't know anything about this guy, but I'm looking him up right now. And I think he, I think he went to Ghent. Who's that? Piekowski? Yeah, I think Piekowski went to Ghent. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Poor Leicester. As, yeah, I saw yeah, this he's... yesterday when I wrote this up, and honestly, it looked locked up that he was going there. So let's not so, waste yeah. any more time with him. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, he he went on loan to Ghent. So okay. my my Fantastic thoughts are podcasting. My thoughts are Lester are still in trouble because they have to start Daniel Marty. Oh boy! <laughs> I, but Oof. we'll come back to Lester next week, and hopefully they hopefully they've they've made had some sort of activity in the market to strengthen that back line or maybe get some sort of creative help with, you know, James Madison's mystery injury that yeah. there's no timeline for. Yeah, so. they're nothing doing at this point. I, yeah. I don't really want anyone. It's difficult. But uh, next up, you've got uh, Southampton versus Villa. It's a pick uh over under two and a half here. Um, Southampton host, they are, they've got their, well, Based on the last three, four games, they've got what looks like their old James Ward-Prowse back. He continues with the with the blistering free kicks, and we always have this discussion weekly, it seems, Zach. He's playing more forward. He even publicly stated this week that he appreciates uh, being able to play more forward because that's where he thrives more. In the first half of the season, he was kind of relegated to that, uh, that kind of holding midfield spot, which isn't great for him but man he's uh if 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 he's thriving and playing well it's got to be a boost for the rest of the of the Southampton assets yeah it's almost shocking it's taken this long to put the guy who has the most dangerous foot on the field at attacking midfield (laughs) um but they did it finally uh and I do like the switch. I think it ups his value big time to like a low end mid one, uh, potentially even higher. He obviously is taking all sets and we can't rely on those weekly, no matter how good the player is at him. I think he is 
probably one of the best free kick takers of all time at this point. Um, that being said, it's Southampton, and you know it remains to be seen how much scoring upside they have on a weekly basis. Um, they're pretty weak defensively, and so I don't see a lot of streamers from them. Unfortunately, not not too many beneficiaries from this this change. Obviously, Che Adams is reliable. Uh, I'm avoiding a dozy just because of the minutes that he's been getting have been consistent enough. Uh, I do like Salisu a little bit as like a D th- a defender three. Uh, you know, he's been ghosting okay lately, and they're at home. So I feel like he's got a decent chance at limiting them to one or two goals and then using his ghosting ability to get you to D3 level. Uh, Anvil is down, potentially Ali Watkins, because he went down last mm-hmm. week, uh, as, well did, as well as a few other Villa players, which we'll uh, mention in a second. Yeah, Villa, they're... they're perceived value for me is changing a bit you know Emi Buendia's he's been a little consistent so I grabbed him in one of my leagues today where he was a free agent Alex Moreno I I'm completely out of fab in my uh in my in my auction league and I had the 10 waiver wire spot in my snake league so I didn't get him in either which I was kind of disappointed about but if somehow he got looked over in any of your leagues I would go get him because Luca Dean Picked up an injury in the last game, and uh, Unai Emery is very vocal about how badly he wanted Alex Moreno. So I'd, I think even if Luca Dean didn't go down injured, Moreno's might be the guy on that left back, left wing spot. And I mean, I dropped Luca Dean this week to pick up. I can't, I, I can't remember who, but I'm just, I'm high on Moreno. He, he played. You know, he. I think Luca Dean went out in like the tenth minute, and Alex Moreno looked active. Almost to the point of like nervous, but man, he was incredible. He looked fit. He looked lively, all up and down the field. And Unai Emery was very specific why he wanted him, and that's because of his attacking prowess from the left back spot. So I'm I really like Alex Moreno uh, going forward here, and I would imagine that left back spot will be his, regardless of how bad Luka Dean's injury is. Yeah, I mean, Luca Dina went off on a stretcher, so you wouldn't think that he'd be back this game, but he is one to kind of be a little bit of a baby with his injuries. I know <laughs> there's one time he went off with like a tummy ache. Um, wow, yeah, good memory. So it, <laughs> I, I do agree. I share that same opinion that Mourinho is uh, a pretty good defensive option going forward. If you could get him for that cheap, that's fantastic. I bid like, I think I bid like 12 to get him uh, just because I wanted to guarantee that I got him and yeah, it looks he like went, it may work out. So he went for 18 and in, in my, in my auction league. And yeah, that was, I thought it was a bit high, but maybe somebody else feels the way I do about him. Well, now it objectively is in hindsight worth it that they did that just because yeah. Dine's down. If Dine was down at the time of bidding, I would have bid more. I'd bid like 22 probably. I like the stuff ending in two. It snags the people who go like 11 and 50 or 21, 31 and so on and so forth. It's just my personal hack, but now I'll probably have to up it to, uh, to be a three after publishing this. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say he's a really good prospect going forward. And unfortunately you kind of stole him from me uh, on the, uh, you know, a little bit further down in the show, but that's okay. Yeah. Whoever gets to the game sheet first gets the good starts yeah. of the week. So yeah. not much meat left on the bones, but, yeah. Uh, sp- speaking of not much meat left on the bones, um, 
West Ham versus Everton. Are we yeah. we going to go over this one? I mean, we Do could we talk about to? which manager is more likely to get the sack after the game. Cause this might both... be a rare occurrence where both teams may be better off if they just swapped managers before the game started. <laughs> yeah, Moisey could return to mm-hmm. to the fans that love him best. That's I heard on the that's Athletic sure. that's rumored actually to happen as he's been Is checking it? in with Everton. Yeah, hey, and then he feels he I'm... has some unfinished business there. So uh, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it... his unfinished business is to get him back to where they were when he left. Yeah that's all they have at Everton right now is unfinished business. I'm not sure they've finished business um, in years. So, Yeah, they are uh, strange. It's an odd team, you know. But real quickly, we we don't need to spend too much time on these guys. West Ham, you know, you're starting your attackers. Except, oh, man, Unless you've got Mikael Antonio starting over Skamaka, I'm still not sure if I'm streaming him. He seems to have. Yeah, he's done. I'm not starting lost him ever. It, yeah, never, never, literally never. There's there's certain guys with just minutes, injuries, impotence, everything that I just can't start him. It doesn't make any sense. It's not what the about... matchups anymore. It's just he's simply not good. Doesn't work in the system. The system's not good. You know, if you slapped him in like a city squad against Everton, fine. We'll talk about that. But <laughs> in a West Ham squad, that's the least efficient offense in the league um, in terms of converting their shots, shot creating actions to goals. I'm not interested. Um, yeah. I think that that's often due to him. And if they continue to start Skamaka, they'll see some better results. Uh, I believe in the future he'll improve for sure. He's a big lad. He's He's got juice. He's um, got decent finishing ability. But uh, for them, it's really always going to be the effectiveness of their chance creation. I feel like they just don't generate high-quality chances. Yeah, and on the Everton side, they're... We have to remember Anthony Gordon, or excuse me, Everton turned down $50 million for Anthony Gordon from, I think it was Chelsea. Wasn't it 60 Sure. It was Chelsea, so who knows what the yeah. number was. But it was too much for Anthony Gordon, and now he's, you know, dwelling on the fringes of the, of the starting 11, which... Well, he was sick for a while, so he just returned last game, I believe, uh, to the bench. Yeah. We'll see if he starts this game. That would be a tough starting decision for me. I think I'd lean no still. Um, Even if he's a streamer, you're it, you wouldn't you wouldn't stream him just to see if the no. I just think I think the forward he's a forward, right? Oh no, he's a mid. He's a mid. Yeah. Oh man, midfield's felt like it's dried up a little bit recently. But honestly, I don't see him that much different than like an Onana. Um, I'd I'd almost rather just go for the floor and not deal with his his uh, you know nuisance of a self. He. I think I'd go with a, a more tried and true option if I have one. But I, I could see a scenario where you start him. It would just be like as your last mid for the week, just to fill yeah. your lineup. Yeah, and I and I've got Onana down as like a midfield four, just because, like you said, the floor is pretty good, and he's he's probably. I mean, if Everton do go down, he's one of those guys that I feel like he's got such potential. Will he'll be he'll be first back up into the Premier League on a team like. You know, I don't know Leicester, maybe even West Ham, as as uh, Suchek seems to be declining in terms of his his uh, productivity for West Ham. But. Yeah, he's 
he's looking a bit wary. Um, but yeah. you know, I I think Nate and I actually discussed last week potentially dropping him, um, which I would support. But in this matchup, it almost makes me want to start him. <laughs> the ability <laughs> to get forward. So maybe I'll go against my my own word on that one. Yeah. Good luck to each of these managers. It's it's all on the line. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, next up. Uh, Palace, who had a you know a final minute goal from oh man, what a strike from Elise today. We Ooh. were you know oozing about him before the uh, before the podcast today. Palace versus Newcastle. Uh, Palace at home again. Newcastle though are favored by half a goal. Uh, the big news is though in this game, which I think I think this might. We, we've talked about Newcastle. They don't seem to be affected by any sort of injuries. However, Bruno Guimaraes uh, left the field crying this past week because of an injury. And I think, I mean, he is the box-to-box guy. He's the engine. He really runs that team on both sides of the field. I think, I think this is going to make them have to adjust more than they ever have. Because Joe Ellington, while he's good, and I mean, obviously he's a very... I don't know how is an incredibly productive fantasy player, but he does, he can't control the game from a technical aspect like 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 Bruno can. So, I mean, my question, Zach, is does this affect does his absence affect your view on the Palace assets that we struggle with every week? Uh, I mean, it is true that I I mean I believe people underrate the effect that a midfield can have on uh, how a defense performs. Uh, I think that they're uh, just as much impacting those clean sheet odds as anyone else. So, it yes, I, I mean, he does affect that. I think that Crystal Palace's, you know, the, the midfield battle that the, these two teams will have might be a little bit more, uh, more even though Newcastle still, I, I think, wins it um, with some of their players. I actually really like Joe Allenton in the midfield. He's going to be the best midfielder of the bunch uh in terms of box to box but um yeah no it definitely affects things we'll we'll see how long that injury is it looks like it's not going to be too long term uh thankfully but definitely not this week uh from what reports are saying so um, that does up some of the more creative midfielders like Aze uh, or Elise though I would actually tend to bench Aze here uh and only start Elise as now I had mid three four but Man, he showed real good today. So I, I think I'm going to go mid three um, because that's really not. It's that's probably nine to twelve points, which is I think he's safe for most weeks. Yeah, he seems to be, you know, edging towards the the matchup proof area, and man, he's he is he's, for me. Yeah, yeah, and Zaha is so I got him in one league. He's so frustrating at the moment, and he just he's. I mentioned every week I'm like a broken record, but he's just more interested in in getting in these verbal battles with whoever's, you know, tearing him down at that moment. And he just he doesn't he can't stay focused long enough to to have a real impact on the game at the moment. So I see I don't know if this was you or Nate that dropped him into the avoid category, but I love it. Yeah, I'm, that was, I'm that on was board. me. I'm avoiding yeah. him. I, I actually just traded him out uh for Andy Robertson in the Genie League. Goodness, um, who did that? Yeah, I, that was pretty. I could, I, I almost couldn't believe it. But actually, when I looked at his scores recently, he hadn't been like 
as poor as his actual performances have been um and maybe oh. they were they were super desperate for forward so i oh, guess they still, just gave a, up oh i mean it's a, a terrible i don't think it's a great trade at all that's a um, premium defender what a get well it, it, yes but i mean you have to think about the context of liverpool right now i mean they're absolutely brutal and really robert i mean robertson i believe is a buy low i would not take him if he wasn't but uh liverpool by no means are giving you any confidence that they're gonna <clears throat> rebound anytime soon yeah, I've been I've been trying to trade Zaha out in my league. I've been trying to package him with people and uh, to to no avail. So anybody who's in my league listening to this, don't listen to this and just just hit accept. Yeah, I mean Robertson's last three games. I mean he granted one of them he only played a half, but it was three point two five and five point two five. So um, yeah, still it's well, well, tough. Well study. done to you. I commend you on that one. I. I I bet I bet it feels good. Yeah, what, I mean the guy's in fourth through. place, so I was a bit surprised. It wasn't like he was a guy I checked out or anything. Yeah. Um, for, for Newcastle this week, um, you know, start everybody. ASM owners, maybe you'll get rewarded for holding this week. I'm one of them. I'm hoping that the uh, the Bruno injury will force them to you know readjust things a little bit. Although Isak's back, they're they're all they. Even though Gimarash is out there, their attack seems to be getting all their all their assets back. So that should cue a Callum Wilson injury here very soon. But <laughs> yeah, start everybody from Newcastle. Have fun with them. It should, uh, like you said, don't see any other outcome other than a Newcastle win here. Um, next up, we move to Sunday. Leeds versus Brentford. Leeds favored by a quarter of a goal. They are at home. And honestly, now that I look at it, this this is an interesting matchup. This this I think it's a pretty good matchup for the for the weekend. We Willie Nyanto today had a scored two in the first half for Leeds, and I didn't see if he got his hat trick in the second half. I know they I think they ended up scoring five against Cardiff in the FA Cup, but Willie Nyanto had a, a Paolo De Canio esque full volley with his left foot today against Cardiff and. He's he's one to once again go grab if he uh, if he's unowned because he seems to be kind of paving his way to a, a solid starting spot on that left wing. Um, Zach Nianto, Sinistera, Rodrigo. There's some interesting options here. Who are you? You know, who are you starting? Who are you maybe looking to avoid in this matchup from Leeds? They've they've a lot of interesting attacking assets. Yeah, and Leeds are one of the best, uh, one of the better scoring teams, at least relative to what people believe, I think. I mean, they're like, I think they're top seven in team, you know, outfielder scoring. So, uh, and, and that's not due to their defense, as we know. Mm-hmm. So, between their midfielders and forwards, they're certainly a team to target whenever they have an open spot. And it looks like Nyanto is taking that opportunity by the horns. So, uh, I initially posed him as a question uh but i think he answered that question himself today though against cardiff uh asterisk uh <laughs> this is going to be obviously a better team in brentford but they're at home uh and ride in the flames as i will often say don't uh don't stop now he's paying off and kind of you know go until he stops i don't know when that'll happen but yeah one another injury note is sinistera who you know, showed similar signs to what Nianto's doing now. 
probable to be back after a, you know, kind of a shortish term injury on the sidelines. Probably not going to start, but if he does, definitely worth a stream in my eyes. He's got the same kind of skill set as Nianto, and they're both, uh, yeah, I would, I'd give him a start if he's back. Uh, for Brentford, I think uh, I want to ask one thing to you here. I'll say quickly, you know, I think stream uh, Johan Wissa, Norgard. I I was lucky lucky enough to get him in a couple of my leagues, and he has just been that Yeah, that you definitely floor. called that one, I'd say. He's, yeah, he's been, you know, 10-point floor. It's been, it's been great. Hopefully he can continue that. Um, the Ivan Tony thing, I've seen a lot of, you know, prospective trades on – on social media and people asking, should I trade him out now? What's good value? I haven't seen a real conclusive timeline of when he is actually going to be sentenced, but a few, a few people have said he's only got five or six games left. Knowing that if he's, if, if he's really only got five or six games left before the sentencing comes down, he's obviously going to get some sort of ban based on other, you know, historical comparisons. Are you trying to trade him out now as, as, as vigorously as possible? Or are you going to, get what you can from these five or six games. And then once it, if it comes down, he's out for the rest of the season, just drop him. Then what do you, you you know, how do you feel about that strategy with, uh, with Tony? Uh, I mean, you just, we just don't know enough right now. Like, like you said, I, I don't, you could ask me plenty of different trade options for him. And I'd say, yeah, that could work, but that's as far as I can really go. I mean, how far he's brought you right now is, um, you know, you're, you already feel like you're playing with house money. So since it's a season long league and it's not like you're hoping for playoffs at the end, if you, if you had playoffs at the end, I'd maybe understand kind of pushing the issue right now a little bit more, but, uh, you know, if your goal is to get as many wins as you can, I don't see you getting fair value out of him at this point. If you're trading him with the assumption that he's going to get banned, in the somewhat near future. Um, so I'd probably hold on to him until the day comes. It, these legal things can, can find themselves kind of delaying and delaying and delaying, uh, until eternity. So, um, you know, at least from what I've seen in football, I don't know how, how different it'll be for soccer, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd stick with him for right now. I think he's, I mean, he's such a, he's a top three forward in mm -hmm. his day. So don't trade him for less than that. Okay. Good to know. Well, uh, I think that should be a pretty good matchup. That's one that if I'm, if I'm, yeah, worth a tune in for sure. That should be yeah. high scoring. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's a plane going by. Apologies for that, everyone. But uh, let let's move on to City. Uh, of course, they play tomorrow at the time of recording here, Thursday against Spurs. So they do have uh, a couple of quick turnaround games. Uh, City versus Wolves City favored by two goals. Wow. 54% clean sheet odds. Um, looking at this, City, once again, always kind of self-explanatory. Uh, Zach, where, I, I'll throw it over to you. Where do you want to start? City or Wolves? And whether or not anybody on Wolves is worth a look at, at this, you, you know, against City at the Etienne. Yeah. Um... I mean, one thing I would say, I guess before getting into who had star here, is I'd consider picking up Pedro Neto um, with some mm. of these additions to the Wolves squad uh, and their matchup against City. You might be able to snag him without anyone realizing. 
uh, he's supposed to return to training very, very soon, maybe even this week, um, and could potentially feature in the next match, at which point it'll be too late. So if you need forwards, he's he's a good option to pick up uh, at this juncture because no one, I don't I don't think anyone's thinking about him. We haven't seen him pictured in training yet. Now would be like your Justin Justin time uh, early pickup. Um, if you've got the space for it, <laughs> right, right, and that's always that's always the question because there's he, he's almost certainly not making the bench for this game. Uh, it would be a play for the future. Uh, as far as who could realistically be viable this week, I mean, I. I think Adama is like almost an every week star. If he does star, I just worry about those minutes every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people like these wingbacks now with Semedo and Hugo Bueno, but clearly not the time. Man City are like the worst matchup possible for defenders just because of how efficient they are. They're the most efficient offense, meaning they um, give the defense the least amount of work to do before the ball ends up in their net. Um, if you want to see those statistics, you can view my Twitter profile, and I have it pinned at the top. Uh, I see here you have Potence. Maybe it was Nate who put him in, but no, that's me. Just and then okay, and there's a question mark by him just because he's obviously been their goal scorer recently, and he and Adama are you know they're both speedy. They're going to have to probably find some sort of success on the break. And so I, this is going to be late in the game week. And if you're, you know, you're jammed up with your roster and you've got to start potence, that's kind of what I was hinting at there. Okay. Yeah. I, I see that too. Uh, he's certainly got some upside in the right matchup. This just is, whew, this is just not it's the still, matchup. Yeah. Um, it's still tough to stomach if you've got to, you know, set that lineup with potence and then walk away. Right. I mean, the, again, I, I think we've harped on this a few times. The thing about City is not how good they are defensively. Teams have definitely been able to put them away against City um, in the right matchups. It's just the the difficulty that teams have getting the ball back from them and generating the ghost points is going to be the real problem. Um, so maybe maybe I should do something like ghost points against or something like that. But uh, in general, I'd say... Really, you don't want to start potence, but like in that scenario you mentioned, he, if you need a last-minute option and you're staring at either him or praying that Garnacho gets a star or something against Arsenal, I'd probably lean with a bird in the hand um, mm-hmm. for potence. Yeah, one note before we move on, uh, a transfer note. Wolves did sign uh, uh, Pablo Sarabia from Paris Saint-Germain this week to kind of bolster their, you know, shot creation, you know, and, and chance creation. He hasn't played a lot of football in the last couple of years, being, you know, he's kind of a an absolute fringe player for PSG. He's 30. So, you know, before you go grab him, I might I might watch him, see just how influential he can be in a team that really struggles to finish any chances they create. But just a note, keep an eye out for him. He could be one that, you know, you never know. He may unlock what what wolves have to offer so yeah for sure um next up in most people's eyes the matchup of the week arsenal versus united arsenal at home favored by favored by half a goal which you know it just (laughs) i that line just shows you how strong they are how 
consistent they've been, really no matter the uh, the matchup. However, the one loss this year was against this United side before the World Cup. However, before they had Casemiro, but once again, it doesn't matter because Casemiro got an 81st or 82nd minute yellow card uh, today against Palace. And this was the final game he needed to avoid uh, a yellow card before it reset to 10 yellow cards for a suspension. But Eric Ten Hag looked kind of dejected on the bench today once he got it so late in the game when they were up. But um, in terms of this game, I'll start here. I have gone out a, a little bit on a limb. You know, Partey and Xhaka have been, you know, pretty decent floor guys for midfields. And now with, with Casemiro out, I'm second-guessing this. But this is a week if I owned either of them and I had been starting them consistently, I may put them on the bench and uh, look elsewhere for kind of that mid-three, mid-four, simply because this game is going to be played at a you know a very fast pace both teams like to like to move the ball up and down the field quickly and i you know i don't know neither of them but if i did i this is a week i might consider consider looking elsewhere for somebody you know who may be looking for a moonshot you know be, maybe might have a big week rather than Jaka or party who could could get you know, booked in a probably a highly contentious matchup. Zach, what do you think? Well, I don't even think Party needs to be owned personally. Um, so much less started in a not positive matchup. And I think this is more neutral negative, uh, even though Arsenal are at home here, which you got to like. Uh, Chaka, I'd be more willing to start. But, I mean, I, I see what you mean in that, especially with the pace of the game. It's not really a pacey player. Uh, it could kind of pass him by a little bit, but he has been, um, at least earlier in the season, was revelationary as far as um, Chaka can be. Yeah, um, in terms of his career path, yeah. he really it was a turnaround yeah. no one saw coming. Yeah, talk about talk about a player arc there, but um, I, I I'd I'd cautiously agree with that. I mean, I think they might go in the same category that. Uh, the aforementioned Potence and Garnacho go in where those guys might just be more of a floor option uh, in this game matchup, but you definitely don't need to start them, and I'd probably search for somebody in a much more confident matchup uh, than this one. Yeah, other than that, you know, you're, you're, you're starting your attacking assets everywhere. You know, you got to start Luke Shaw. You've, if... If Diego Dallo's back, I think you got to start him, even though Juan Basaka's emergence, unexpected, a little funny. He had some some goal-saving tackles today. He's one to keep an eye on. But um, another one that I, I'm out on the limb on, and I know some people might disagree, but I am, I'm hesitant to start Christian Eriksen in this game just because he's not a real pacey player. He's... A player that likes to, you know, he slows the game down a bit because he likes to get the ball at his feet, pick a pass, and he's not one to to really run up and down the field, and he's not super direct. Um, so I am, if if you've got a decent option, and you're you feel the same way I do, I might be benching Christian Eriksen this week. It's a, I think it's not a hugely favorable matchup for him, especially with a kind of a brutish you know pivot like uh arsenal have with with uh party and jaka erickson's not a real physical player either 
Yeah, he's one if he's like your midfielder four, um, which is which is possible depending mm-hmm. on you know if you got him off a trade or something. But I think you might be, and most teams might be, kind of forced to start him, and he's a near lock to start every game, which is nice. So, um, you know, especially like you mentioned with Casimir out and Fred probably in, yeah. Erickson's most likely going to be starting at one of those holding mid spots. Um, and, and Fred could be or break glass in a case of emergency kind of midfielder because I don't envision this next game having a ton of streamers. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Fulham Spurs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's move on to that final game of the game week. It's the it's the Monday after, well, our America afternoon kickoff time. Fulham Spurs. Spurs are, it, it's at Craving Cottage, but Tottenham are favored by a quarter of a goal here. Uh, you know, I'm a at the moment, Zach. I'm even more of a jaded Spurs fan than I usually am, just because things are so weird with Tottenham. Uh, Conte <laughs> publicly criticizing the vision of the club. Harry Kane's contract talks once again circulating. It's all a bit strange, and it makes me upset to talk about. But good news is for Tottenham, Rodrigo ben, uh, Bentancur is likely back, and if he's back, he will start. Um, so start him if you got him. Uh, Sessegnon, I, I'm saying if whoever's starting on the right side, if you see Ryan Sessegnon in that starting lineup, feel free to start whoever's the right wing for Fulham that day. Um, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I could go on and on. Zach, you, you tell me what you feel because you're, you're coming from a, you know, more of an unbiased perspective with Spurs. Yeah, I just think, I think this season more than ever, we're really having to kind of, make out some of these shades of gray uh with 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 these teams because it's been i mean we've had some top heaviness with the uh you know arsenal run this year so far um i mean city's been pretty solid they've had a small dip recently i'm sure they'll return back and most people would agree with that but other than that we've seen every team have some major slumps this year and this may just be tottenham's it may be your chance to buy low on some of these guys um and i mean i'm probably treating them similar to how we treated them maybe five six weeks ago uh, in this battle of the hands um i, I really yeah. do like benton kerr if he's back i feel like he's a great floor play with some mm-hmm. potential for more uh against fulham who aren't great against midfielders they're pretty middle of the pack i guess um, and, and the forward line, you're obviously starting well, but, uh, I, I could see benching Sessegnon. I mean, Fulham are at home here. It's certainly not a positive matchup, but I'd project Perisic and Doherty to hold on to those wingback spots for right now. Oh yeah. But I just, you know, we, we played the Sessegnon card against Arsenal for, for the defensive strength. And I, I just don't understand it. I, there's very few instances where Sessegnon has proven he's good at defense at all he's not fast he's a poor decision maker back there he's just uh i want him gone i want he and paris and he and emerson you know booted to the stars mm-hmm. it seems but, like nate left his name on the sheet saying tottenham sucks drop everyone <laughs> i thought that might have been him yeah because yeah. it wasn't me even though it's that's you know how i feel at the surface um but for for full of anthony robinson suspended um 
due to yellow card accumulation. So, you know, you were going to start Kulisevsky anyway, but now you can feel even better because there's there's going to be you know some some backup a backup that that he'll have to deal with there. But uh, anything else in particular about Fulham? You know, Willian's a good shout. Obviously, you know, Mitrovic top five forward this year. Any anything in particular we need to touch on with them before we move on, Zach? Uh, no, I mean Fulham's pretty, um, pretty constant. I'd say as far as their starters go, their their lineup stays relatively similar week to week. It's honestly shocking that I see Willian as a forward too. More weeks than not, uh, in no world did I see that happening. I always thought it would be Harry Wilson, but uh, you know, I, they're they're pretty. I'd say they're outperforming really what anyone would think of them, and they've continued to do it week after week. So I I have full faith in them. Not their defense, but at least their front four, and uh, you know, unless it's like Bobby Reed or someone. So continue to start them with confidence and you know, most matchups than on Arsenal or City. All right, that'll wrap up all of the uh, the games for the week. Let's move on to our starts of the week. Zach, um, I'll let you go first. Nate dropped in a couple. As By the way, we forgot to mention, sorry, Nate, Nate could not make it tonight, but uh, that's okay. We've got uh, a couple starts of the week from him, and then Zach, I'll let you uh, roll into yours as well. Yeah, so I guess I'll I'll start with Nate's here. Um, and you can tell us whether or not you agree with Nate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can. I I shall. So <laughs> he has Vladimir Sufal as his first one. Um, could have sworn he got injured the other day. I'm not wrong, but it looks like yeah, Rotowire has him. I mean, uh, like I had in there, uh, clean sheet odds. I believe it's City, Newcastle, and West Ham are the top three. So anytime you're chasing a guy in the top three for clean sheets, I'm um, game. And I believe they're at 39%. So I've heard of worse shouts than a uh, West Ham wingback against Everton uh, with the way that Everton are in 2023. Absolute disaster. Um, there's actually a podcast on The Athletic if anyone wants to hear how big of a disaster they are and how much money they've spent. Um, so I, I would tend to agree with that. I think he's... There's not much upside there. I mean, you're going for the clean sheet, and if he doesn't get that, you're probably disappointed. Uh, his midfielder, he's got nobody, which I firmly disagree with because I think there's plenty of midfielder options this <laughs> week, uh, which we'll get to or have gotten to already. And attackers, Brennan Johnson. Uh, it depends as what for me. Uh, he's like a forward two and maybe... I mean, he himself, his stock is creeping up, but I think in the landscape of forwards, things are actually improving in 2023. Who would have not? Who would have? Who would have thunk that? But uh, with some of these transfers coming in, it looks like there's some appealing options, and I'm finding myself actually having to decide between which forwards to drop. Uh, but Brennan Johnson would not be one of those that I would drop. He uh, certainly is performing, and he's got four favorable matchups coming up. So riding the flames, uh, stick with him. I agree with that one as like a mid forward too. Uh, I'll pass it to you for now because um, okay. people are going to be sick of hearing me talk. <laughs> well, I'll be quick because we've actually talked at, at some sort of length about all three of my guys. For uh, for the defender spot, once again, Alex Moreno, you know, he's flavor of the week. Hopefully he ends up uh, being some sort of 
Luca Dean esque from his Everton days. Like I said, when I the the eighty minute sample size I got from him, he was up for it and he had a lot of energy and he's definitely attack minded as as Unai Emery said. And then kind of an easy one, but I'm gonna say it just because of the Anthony Robinson yellow uh Kulisevsky for Spurs, he is you know, we perform much differently. I say we Spurs perform much differently when he's on the pitch, just because his because of his ability to, to create space and put balls into the box. And then uh, uh, Evan Ferguson for the attackers. Uh, if you can get a Brighton attacker somehow, they've gone unnoticed at the moment. Grab them, and Evan Ferguson is a great one that you just may be able to grab on out from under uh, under everybody's nose. Oh so. yeah, thirty nine percent owned, man. That should be a crime. Yeah, we, it, we, we, we got a t- we got some talking to do with sixty one percent of leagues. <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't fall off. I don't think he will. I think he's he's there. He's he's there, especially with Trossard. I mean, he's goal assist relying right now. If, if we're being completely honest, um, we haven't seen huge ghost ability. But I know the other day he had like four shots, which yeah caught my eye because I actually saw the shots he was taking and they were decent shots. You know, decent chances and he took them pretty well it's just unfortunate they didn't hit the hit the net or get on net so yeah I, I i love him going forward i've got him in both yeah. my leagues and um i think he could go under the radar maybe even another week yeah those are mine exactly yeah. so your, your uh in addition number two of the west ham everton game which we've just talked about way too much to, at this point it's <laughs> Almost a bit of a stoppable force versus a movable object uh, kind of game. But uh, I've got Cresswell in this one. I think he bounces back, question mark, uh, as like a defender two, low-end defender two, so that's a top 24 defender. For those of you folks at home, um, you know, I, I think West Ham have not shown their best recently. We're yet to be seen if they bounce back or not. Uh, you got a little bit of a Moyes revenge game here, uh, which is tasty. But the 39% clean sheet odds are what I'm chasing. And I've merely picked their uh, best ghosting defender. So, uh, yeah, let's let's roll with Cresswell for now. I'm, you know, I'm feeling, uh, i got my steel underpants on. And then moving on to the midfield, uh, continuing that trend, actually. I've got Philip Billing. I think Bournemouth against Nottingham, it's a great matchup. And if... You're one of the 56% of people that own Philip Billing. Uh, what are you doing not starting him here? Uh, he, you know, his numbers have been a bit up and down. And as an asset on a team that I would say is bottom five in terms of talent at minimum, maybe even bottom three, uh, that's going to happen. You're not going to have as many chances. They don't generate a lot of chances. They're not efficient with their chances. Well, they've actually been decently efficient with their chances, but... Uh, you know, with some of these transfers coming in, he might not be a bad pickup if he's still available. And I think he performs as like a mid three here in this matchup. Uh, but there's definitely variance in either direction as he has been known to fall asleep or score screamers. And then I've also got Rodrigo up top in a firing leads offense. Uh, I think you want pieces of this offense wherever you can get them. And he seems to be the trusted option up top. It remains to be seen if Bamford or Rudder are able to steal it from him, but I expect uh, Marsh to ride with the hot hand, as we say, and uh, his is the hot hand. So, yeah, I got Rodrigo as like a high-end forward two probably against Brentford this week. 
Very nice. As we uh, before we wrap things up, a couple of questions from the Twitter community. We'll start with the you know this is a fantastic question and a fantastic predicament from uh, LFC Drafter. Need to know all things Trossard. Where's his value going up or down at a new club? Trade in or trade out? Uh, Zach, I think this is a fantastic question, and I think it's I think it's difficult because. You know, before the year, I was incredibly high on him. I tried to grab him. And in fact, I had him in all three leagues, ended up trading him in one league in, in a deal to get Hoongman's son, which is not great. But And he was having the type of year I expected him to, but then the new coach shifted things around. But to answer that question, where's his value going up or down at a new club? And I think the only answer is down because the three prospects at the moment are Spurs, Arsenal, and Chelsea. And any of those clubs he walks into he has a you know he has a he has a tough ceiling to break through to really get some some consistent starting minutes and so i think right now it's nothing but down and i've been trying to actively trade him out in the leagues that i have him to no avail i mean how do you feel you feel the same way zach yeah, um, just to provide a little context for people who haven't seen Trossard play since December 31st, his uh, last uh, five, six starts got three points, four and a half, six and a half, nine and a half, and then you've got 18 and a half and a couple other decent performances there. But it seems like he almost fell off a bit of a cliff there. Um, I don't know how much that correlates with Potter leaving. I think it was the emergence of Matoma. Their offense really started to kind of yeah, run through. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's probably the emergence of the legendary Matoma. Yeah. And Grand Potter's exit that's led to this. Obviously, he's got an attitude problem, uh, as he kind of saw himself as more of a key cog in this offense than Deserby did. But I think if he goes somewhere else, he holds probably. A similar value to, uh, you know, what he what he was doing before he left. It, it it looks like his last ten games he wasn't really lighting the world on fire. He had what three total goal contributions in his last nine games or so. Uh, so it you know if he ended up at like Spurs per se, uh, I'd imagine he'd contribute pretty similar to like a Kulishevsky. Um but it depends you know, how many starting minutes he gets, uh, which nothing's guaranteed. Uh, so I, there's there's such a wide range of outcomes. It, it, it remains to be seen where he goes, if he goes, if he gets in the manager's good graces again. But right now I'm holding, um, regardless of what happens until he lands on a new team or the transfer market's over. So for me, I would say if you can trade him out for any – every week starter attacking you know value i would i'm into it because i think it's going to be hard for him to really bet into any of the three prospective clubs he's going to go to and play any sort of consistent minutes i'm but i'm sometimes i i jump the gun and i'm overly active with that stuff but you know trading's fun so yeah i i agree with that statement i just don't have i'm kind of a bit of a skeptic when it comes to trading because Every time I try and trade with people, it seems like they don't let me take advantage of people the way that you just mentioned. But 
Okay, if I said, here's Trossard, you get back Bernardo Silva, are you taking that? Uh, Probably if I have... I have Grealish in both my leagues, so I wouldn't hate that. I have a backup mm. option. That backup option, would, yeah, would probably probably be more more than Trossard would give me. But I, I'm thinking of the like, you know, someone offers me. I'm still not at the Christian Norgard trade level. Probably, I'd trade him for. I, I get that. Yeah. One I could think of. Would you trade him for Benton Kerr? Who's like a floor option coming back into the fold hopefully soon? No, no, okay, no. gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty easy no for me. I think, yeah, but we could do the the would you on this all day long, and I think it's a fun exercise. But yeah. let's move on to the final question here, which uh, in these uncertain times for defense, this comes from uh, uh, Ben Garside, by the way. In these uncertain times for defense. What other defender would you put at the current level of Serge Aurier, and what level trade out is he? What uh, this I, this is this is an interesting one for me, Zach, being a Spurs fan and a, a Serge Aurier. He's always been pretty productive in terms of fan tracks when he gets a when he gets a good run of games. However, he's always on. I feel like he's always on the cusp of of being sent off and it's it's a strange one for me what other level of defender would i put him on obviously the last three games he's been he's been knocking it out of the park he's been fantastic and with that type of production you know he's like i would i'd consider him next to doherty at the moment because they're they're both getting a good run of games Ooh. and they're both scoring well however Tottenham legends past and present Exactly, and that yeah. and that that's why it's easy to compare because our right wing back spot ever since Kyle Walker left, uh, oh excuse, actually actually ever since Trippier left has just been kind of a, a rotating door. A but, disappointment. Yeah, always, always. Yeah. That's all. That's all we are. But at the, you know, that's curious. At the moment, I would put him on the same consistency level, both being on bad teams as somebody like Timothy Castagne. Yeah, which, I think that's. That's the range I'm in. I, uh, I probably rate him like a Kenny Tate, as you mentioned, uh, Timothy Castagna. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe like, maybe like a Ben White. But Ooh. personally, if I were, if I were the owner of Serge Aurier and I were trying to trade, if I put my trade hat on here, I'm thinking like a. Uh, if I'd be targeting like an Alex Moreno, actually, um, if I could sell high on Ori's value right now to get Moreno, whose stock probably has risen since Dinier's out, but I I would snatch that right up. Um, and the maximum you could ever get would maybe be like a. Uh, Reese James or Chilwell owner who are low because of their injuries and really just want a guy. Um, he, I'd like to meet that person. Yeah, I mean, what? I'm saying that that's like your absolute ceiling. I mean, there's there's yeah. people like that, and Reese James does keep getting injured. Chilwell yeah. hasn't really shown us anything this year. Um, you think you could go out and get like a Dan Byrne for REA? No, nah, I don't think so. 
too consistent, too, too yeah, too good of a defense. Yeah, Reese James, I'd rather have than Dan Byrne by just a tad, but I think the sentiment around him is negative enough where you might be able to weasel that one away. But I think that's highly, I, I think it's highly unlikely. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. It's like there's like a five to ten percent chance. Just yeah. quickly verify that that's true, uh, and then move on to some of those other options. Like I said, I think Mourinho is a very realistic target um, of somebody. Yeah, you know, like who maybe that. doesn't know the talent that they have in their hand, although I'd imagine the 9% of people right now probably do. Probably know, yeah. You're yeah, right. They know the goal. No, I like that. I, it's it's good. You get him early, and Serge Aurier's... Right. You're tra- you're, you're, oh, it feels like you're over-trading a little. I'm sure if you've had Aurier, he's been doing really well, and it might hurt a little bit, but I promise you it's, it's, it's a savvy move at this point, whether it pans out or not. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Zach, uh, you are out next week as you're going on holiday. So have fun, my friend. Yep. And uh, yeah. You guys uh, should be expecting a shorter podcast next week in my absence. <laughs> uh, I apologize. <laughs> no, man, we love to hear it. Um, enjoy your holiday. Have a good time. Next week, you'll uh, you'll have Nate and I. Nate, this will be Nate and I's first uh with each other with the in the absence of Zach. So uh, looking forward to it. Zach, thank you. Yeah. Good luck with the, Just keep the morale up a bit high. I know once we get to Tottenham <laughs> I know you it starts gonna, getting a bit in the a depressy mood. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be you're seventy gonna have to minutes of things. commiseration. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let it just be a, a Tottenham uh crying party. You know, keep those <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, keep those we'll, spirits we'll, high. We'll do our best, no promises though. It's 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 tough in our camp, but yeah. every everybody, thanks for listening. Good luck in game week twenty one, and uh, Nate and I will will see you next week for uh, looking ahead at game week twenty two. We'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>